Welcome to Brad Kyle's Brad's Motor Works podcast. We'll be talking about some things about BMW, some things of cars in general, and some things about car repair. I hope you find it educational, enlightening, and I hope it increases your understanding of your car. And maybe along the way we'll have some fun too. Thank you for listening, and here we go. Episode number 210, Understanding the Basics of the 12-Volt System. Uh, this one, again, is, is not too technical. I'm trying to keep it, uh, you know, uh, easy to understand. Uh, it is from a trade magazine, so it is written for technicians and shop owners. But like I say, it's not too technical, and it just seemed like some really good information. So, But before we get started, a couple quick uh, commercials as usual. If you want to get a hold of me via uh, email, it's bkpodcast5 at gmail.com. And I'm also available under Brad's Motor Works on LinkedIn if you want to uh, check that out. So, appreciate it. Uh, again, this is from a trade magazine called Motor Age. Uh, it's written by a fellow by the name of Jeff Cox, who's a very uh, rather prolific technical writer. And um, we'll go from there. Um, again, understanding the basics of the 12-volt system, confidently troubleshoot the most common issues within the starting charging system. So, let's, uh, let's get started. Uh, with so much focus on electric vehicles and high-voltage batteries, we must not forget that the 12-volt system is still the most common battery type and will remain a critical component on many vehicles in the future. It will be important to build upon what we learned regarding the testing, servicing, and replacement of the components within the vehicle's starting and charging system so we can accurately test and diagnose issues on today's vehicle. But what has changed and how does it affect how we service the vehicle? The vehicle has three main components. The battery, which is an electrical storage device. Actually, that's not really quite true, really. It actually stores chemical energy, but that's another story. It doesn't really store electricity, per se, but I I, uh, digress. The alternator, which charges the battery and supplies operating voltage to all the circuits while the engine is running, and the starter, which is an electrical motor used to start the engine. The battery is the lifeblood of the electrical system. The battery is the lifeblood of the electrical system. Although that they may come in a variety of sizes and outputs, the battery technology has remained relatively the same. What we consider a 12-volt battery is actually 12.6 volt is actually a 12.6 volt battery. It consists of six cells, each 2.1 volts. The most traditional type of battery is the flooded lead-acid battery. The construction of this battery consists of positive and negative plates with separators to prevent the plates from touching. The plates are partially submerged in the acid, which creates a chemical here we go, which creates a chemical reaction that generates electricity. The electricity flows in and out of the battery through the posts, which can be top posts or side posts. In addition to the flooded lead acid battery, there are a few other styles. The enhanced flooded battery, which is called an EFB, is similar to the flooded lead-acid style, but carbon additives dramatically improve the cycle durability. This design is great for applications that are equipped with a start-stop feature. The next tier of battery is an AGM, or absorbent glass mat battery. This style of battery uses an ultra-thin glass mat as the negative plate. Because of the ultra-thin plate, you can have more plates in the same size case, which dramatically increases its performance. The last style and newest technology is a lithium-ion battery. These batteries use lithium manganese oxide as an electrode. 
The use of lithium has several advantages over the aforementioned batteries. Each cell can deliver 3.6 volts, which makes for higher voltage applications. They also have a far extended cycle life and the ability to put out 100% of their rated capacity regardless of the rate of discharge. Lead acid batteries typically provide less usable energy with higher rates of discharge. Lithium ion batteries have a slower rate of discharge and recharge at a faster rate than conventional battery. Battery testing is critical to help motorists avoid being stranded. Batteries often fail during cold winter months, but that is not, only th that is not the only time you should test a battery. Summer heat plays a big role in the de degradation of a vehicle's battery, which can be detected with just a few tests. A common test is a battery capacity test. If you are using a tester with a carbon pile, you will determine the cold cranking amps, what's known as the CCA, of the battery and apply half of those CCA for 15 seconds, watching the voltage to ensure it does not drop below 9.6 volts. If you have a conductance tester like the one in the, in the image, which you can't see, you simply choose the battery test, enter the battery capacity, and let the tool do the rest. An important test throughout the system is a voltage drop test. This tests the voltage loss across a circuit. On a top post battery, you can test the voltage loss between the battery post and the battery terminal with the use of a multimeter. To, for, to perform the test, you place the positive lead on the positive post and the negative lead on the positive terminal. Crank the engine while recording the voltage. The specification may vary, but is typically no more than 0.2 to 0.5 volts. You can repeat the test for the negative post by placing the negative terminal on the negative post and the positive terminal on the negative terminal. Lastly, it is always important to ensure the battery is clean and terminals are tight. A good inspection can find these issues before they become a concern. The next component in the system is the alternator. The role of the alternator is to turn mechanical energy into electrical energy. The alternator is driven off the crankshaft by a belt and the pulley is attached to the armature. As the armature rotates through windings, electricity is generated as alternating current, AC, which is then converted by the internal rectifier to direct current, DC. This direct current is then sent to the battery to recharge it, along with supplying the vehicle with its operating voltage. Alternators have remained the same in recent years except for nuances such as water-cooled alternators. But a more common trait that has impacted the system is the use of the decoupler pulley. This evolution of the pulley is able to decouple from the engine during deceleration, which puts less of a strain on the belt and the tensioner. Some models incorporate a spring to reduce harmonics. Testing an alternator is pretty straightforward. The first thing is to ensure the alternator is producing current to recharge the battery. You can do this by placing a high current amp clamp around the positive cable that connects the alternator and battery. While operating the vehicle's accessories, you should see an increase in amperage produced by the alternator. Another test is the voltage drop test. Similar to the test we did on the battery, you simply put the positive lead on the alternator terminal and the negative lead on the positive battery post. Run the engine and adjust the carbon pile to the output rating of the alternator. Record the results and, comp and compare them to the specifications. The last test can be critical as it may affect more than just the charging system. As mentioned earlier, one of the jobs of the alternator is to convert AC voltage into DC voltage. If the alternator fails to do this, the electrical system will have too much AC voltage and could cause all types of issues. 
The best way to test this is with an oscilloscope. Connect positive lead to the positive alternator terminal and then negative lead to the battery ground and run the vehicle. You should see less than, than half of an AC volt. Your pattern should be consistent ripple. If you frame, if you have over a volt, if you have over half a volt, the alternator is faulty. The starter takes electrical energy from the battery and converts it into mechanical energy so that it can rotate the engine. Modern starters are permanent magnet motors with a gear reduction. This allows a small amount of current to be applied to the solenoid and a large amount of current to leave the battery and turn the armature that engages the flywheel or flex plate. To test or diagnose a starter, there are a few steps. First, ensure you have battery voltage at the control side, small wire of the solenoid. With the ignition in the start position, you should have battery voltage. With the, with the ignition off, you should have zero voltage. If you do have battery voltage in the start position, you should check to see if the amperage is flowing from the battery to the starter. If there is no amperage, the starter is faulty. The last test is another voltage drop test. This time, you will place the positive lead of the meter on the battery positive and the negative on the positive starter post and engage the start position. Record your voltage and compare to the specifications. Again, the specification can range from 0.2 to 0.5 volts. I know we are eager to learn how EV vehicles operate and how to service them, but the 12-volt system is still overwhelmingly prevalent and will be for for years to come. Of course, there are additional tests, but with the test outlined in this article, you can confidently troubleshoot most issues within the starting charging system. So that's the end of that one. That's kind of a basic of what, you know, when a car comes in that won't crank over or that we're questioning whether the battery's okay or the charging system's okay. Those are all some of the different tests that a technician might do to, uh, you know, come to some kind of conclusion of what's wrong with the car. Another thing I certainly do is, is uh, besides those tests, is I'll do a, you know, a quick scan of the entire car to see if there's any kind of a, you know, common denominator type of a issue, so on and so forth, or at least to document, you know, when, uh, when the battery's been going down, okay? Because like I know with BMWs, you can get a pretty good timeline where it'll show like when something first started happening and things like that, so on and so forth. So it can be good information to have, so... I hope you got something out of that one that was uh, somewhat mildly entertaining or <laughs> whatever the case may be. So I appreciate you listening. Again, if you want to get a hold of me via email, it's bkpodcast5 at gmail.com. And again, I'm on LinkedIn under Brad's Motor Works. So I appreciate you listening. appreciate your time. I hope you have a fantastic day and a great tomorrow. Thank you again. Thank you for listening to this episode. It's been an honor and a privilege to spend time with you. I hope you found this of value. Please share it with family and friends. Above all else, with all you're getting, get understanding. May God bless you and keep you. And thank you again.